Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're chilling with Bonnie and with Alex and we're in Summerhill mm-hmm. and they just put on an excellent event last week and we're going to hear about it. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, do you want to say anything about yourselves or who you are to set a context? You don't have to, actually. People can just Google you. Oh. But then you're not in control of what oh. they might find. Seems dangerous, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I'm Alex. Yeah. I'm a graphic designer, DJ, and producer. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I'm Bonnie. I'm a performance artist. Right, <laughs> Cool. And last week, you put on a sh- an, like an event, uh, an evening. Yeah. Um, you want to just give us some background of what it was? Yeah, uh, so it was a salon, uh, it was at the Pact Theatre. The idea of the salon is that it's a mini festival for emerging artists, um, combining art, party and discourse. Um, And so we are two emerging curators that work together on that. And we we brought together pretty much every kind of like art making. A lot of art. That we could think of. Like visual arts, um, projection art, um, installation, video art, uh, sound, performance, dance, written work, written work, yeah, um, yeah, and it was rad. Mm. Uh, and what was the anchor point? Uh, the theme was artifice and interface, mm. and yeah, that one was kind of just I don't know it was like a it was kind of like a starting point for the artists mm. to mm-hmm. to to leap off of like a jumping board ah so instead of you going to the artist and saying this work out of your work fits with my idea you're like here's what we're dealing with can mm. you deal with it too it was a mixture of both yeah okay. so yeah we would seek out artists that had um that were responding to something similar to that theme mm-hmm. and then and other artists that we just really liked their work mm-hmm. and then some people already had established work that fit into the theme and then some made new work mm-hmm. for example Carla Zimbler mm-hmm. made a huge installation with netting all through the theatre space mm-hmm. and she did projection mapping all over it and had like ping pong balls you know the ones <laughs> yes I touched them yeah <laughs> It seemed um, like that was needed. Yeah, yeah. fondling the balls. Yes. Yeah. Necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's balls in netting, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and how did you um, put the night together as a, like a, a sequence of events? So the install stuff was there the whole time, mm. but there was a sequence of things that unfolded as mm. well. We sort of wanted to... I guess like in very early stages we um, had this idea of like wayfinding and learning audience members to just sort of explore the space and explore like find the art in yeah. amongst things um, and you know logistically there needs to be some sort of organisation of when performances are happening and when the live works are going on and making sure things aren't crossing over and there isn't too much sound bleed and stuff but um, yeah I think I think sort of structuring it so that it was a nice we were moving audiences through the space quite a lot. Like we were getting, you know, people outside and then people into the theatre and then 
back into the foyer and back into the theatre and sort of dancing them around a lot throughout yeah. that space um, to kind of, I don't know, like interrogate that and be like, mm. okay, cool, like go here, find this, go here, run here, there's stuff here, mm. also don't forget this bit, you know, sort of just like making them really active in that space. Mm. Yeah, I think a big part of that was trying to use the entire theatre as well mm. Mm. and like the back stairwell and mm. all the balconies and the, the dressing room mm. and just, yeah, using every inch of the space. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there was a, like a barbecue packing up when I got there or something. Oh, yeah. That was Mr. Toast. Okay. Um, I know them from the Addison Road markets. Right. And they make these like amazing like triple cheese toasties with like sauerkraut and pickles on sourdough bread. Right. And then there's like a vegan one with cashew cheese. And like, they make everything themselves. Like sometimes even they make their own bread. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she came and did food for the night. It was nice. They went so well, like people were really into them. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, like oh, the, the cheese one, she even puts cheese on the outside of the, of the bread, which I just really Stunning. appreciate. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you should go, you should go to Addison, Addison Market Markets and get so, one. Right. Yeah, Mr. Toast. <laughs> um, but it's a girl that runs it. Uh, it's a it's a woman and her husband that run it, but she was just running it for the night. Okay. He's a chef and he had to work. Um, and do you think that you that it happened? The thing that you like that the artifice and the interface was interrogated and engaged and played with and uh, extended. I think so. I think we. Like as we were choosing a lot of artists and choosing works and kind of, um, yeah, as, as I was just saying, like there was um, a balance of get choosing, uh, like seeing an artist who had done a previous work and be like, that was great, can you redo that or, or modify that for our event? Mm-hmm. But then also pitching a work to a few artists as well. Um, there was, we had um, Emily Crocker doing like UV writing on the wall um, and that was an aesthetic that Alex sort of envisaged one day and was just like, wow, how cool would this be? And we're like... It was very cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it turned out well. And yeah, she was just totally improvising the poetry as well, which mm. was really cool. And it was so nice to just like have found, yeah, have an image and then be able to kind of pitch that to an artist who knew, you know, is already very capable and very, you know, incredible with words. Mm. Um, and then be like, cool, there's this, can you... Can you do this? Are you interested in this? Mm. Um, and yeah, to see the adults sort of pick up on that. Um, how so? Take that work for an example. Mm. How was for you? How was it dealing with artifice and interface? Um. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really interesting. Like, I don't know any other poets that can just would just write freely or do spoken word so freely and just mm. make it up on the spot mm, mm. so I think that in itself was like an interesting way of expressing that craft of poetry mm. um, and then the interface I think yeah interface for me was like dealt with that work in like audience interaction mm. people were able to pick up the um, the blue light and like look on the wall at what had been written and talk to the artist about what she was writing and what mm. it meant and and also the interface between the artist and, you know, 
her body in space and her words coming out of her mind, but also, um, you know, her using the UV marker and that sort of, um, yeah, the two the two bodies kind of interacting, like like her physical body and, and then this UV marker that she's sort of using as a vessel to, like, write words, mm. I think is a nice interaction. Yeah. When you, when you were first talking about artifice and interface, did people think that you were talking about digitally? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't did know what people, people thought. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. You were like, so you've got robots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so yeah. There's some robots and there's some VR. And there's a little... Which we did have both. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> we actually did, yeah. Where were the robots? We had, um, we had these dancers, uh, Twisted Element is their company name, yeah. um, and uh, and they've done a piece called Opus, um, yeah. they've sort of toured around, um, but so the, the picture of their piece is that um, they then have, they have these um, big kind of helmets of lights. Like fairy um, lights that they wrap around their heads. Oh. And they do this sort of like robot interaction was the section that they performed. It's kind of this like robotic. Um, like animatronic kind of. Yeah. People that interact with the audience in like weird ways. And it's really like fun and interactive and like, and yeah, and they sort of like, you know, grab people's hands and they're dancing with you, but it's very like mechanical, their movements. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then they sort of like, you know, fade to the ground. And it's, you know, it's fun and peppy and they've got these lights and so there's like a fun stick to it. It's That's good. cool. Yeah. Very cool. I actually missed them. I didn't oh, see that one. I saw Ritual, which was yeah. the other performance, their new one. Yeah. But I actually missed that one, which was a fun one. It was good. It was just really fun. Yeah, cool. You were just dancing with them and being like, I don't know what's <laughs> cool. <laughs> and what about the VR? Um, yeah, that was Dark Cinema. Um, his the name is Nemo. Mm-hmm. And he does like a lot of projection mapping and that kind of work. And mm-hmm. this is a new work with an artist, Eero, I don't remember his last name, but yeah, they were um, doing like graffiti in virtual reality, mm-hmm. so it was projected on the wall in the courtyard, and he had the VR goggles on, and he was like doing like spray painting with the VR controller, mm-hmm. uh, and then they got a bunch of the audience members to come through and, and do some painting as well, but it was, the virtual reality space was this kind of like, subway like station like a bed subway station or something like with trains and stuff that you could tag and yeah right yeah and the audience got to tag some vr yeah wow yeah it was cool yeah. <laughs> i think it worked well yeah people were really into it yeah it's um it's almost like the artifice and the interface is under this triangle of interaction mm. it's like mm. everything that happened on the night people had to do something to be involved with it yeah mm. yeah it was not just like passive viewing mm. yeah it was a lot of yeah fondling fondling touching <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I mean like that's definitely that's definitely a, a big part of my practice as well that I really enjoy like um interactivity and like yeah touching and just tactile experiences I don't know about I don't know, do you do sort of like, are you interested in tactile things? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I don't get to do it mm. much at all with graphic design because it's For all sure. computer based. Right. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, yeah, I don't really deal with it. Yeah. 
enough. <laughs> and I guess it also just like plays into this idea of the salon as well of like having yeah having audiences be active in this space like I think that's a really big part of it and kind of engaging in those you know hopefully critical discussions and engaging in the art that we've presented you know it's like we're sort of giving them four hours of just stuff that is happening and it's that thing of you're able to interact with whatever you like you can come and go you can stay for five minutes and then leave you know you can do whatever you want it's very free but then but then trying to engage people and trying to be like come in here and touch this and come in here and talk about this and and see this work and then have a cry and then you know do whatever but but kind of encouraging people to be really active in that space. Did you have a little crying corner set up? <laughs> we kind of did though. Did you hear about the people crying in the curtains? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> no, no. So, so we had this like, <laughs> had this gigantic gold curtain. Do you know about the gold curtain that lives at Shopfront? No. It's this like massive, huge gold curtain that okay. sort of just lives around the indie art space. Okay. Uh, it's like, eight meters by 10 meters something like that it's so much bigger than it sounds like it's it's really large and so then i'd heard about this gold curtain and envisaged art naturally (laughs) (laughs) and so then it was like cool i want to like hang it from just like hang it from the wall and you know then that like hang from the ceiling Mm. it was obviously logistically complicated um anyway but so yeah so then so like draped it and then it kind of became like a bit of a like a fort yeah it's like yeah. <laughs> cozy little like cubby hideout yeah and we had like rope lights running through it so it had like all this like warm glowing light in it mm. and um bean bags and um some objects in there yeah. from some of the artists but yeah so people went in there and cried after yeah well, we had, after, yeah so we had this um, performance called maddie's hamlet um which is a beautiful work um by maddie chippendale um, and it's kind of just about how um, she didn't ever really truly understand Hamlet until her dad died, and then she realised that Hamlet is just a, a grieving person, you know. Um, anyway, so this this work is stunning. Did you see it? I didn't see it, oh, unfortunately. Alex was beautiful. <laughs> um, I wish I had. But it's really it's touching, and it has um, it has all these um, like voice recordings of her and her sister and her dad before he died and that's just them sort of candidly talking about um funeral plans and what they're going to do and it's beautiful i love it i can't speak more highly of it mm-hmm. um but it's yeah i think especially in the context of the salon it's just shockingly poignant and mm-hmm. sad mm-hmm. and so then people kind of left that being like all right we need some curtain time <laughs> yeah and apparently we all went into the curtain and she was like there was some crying times. <laughs> Bless. It's, yeah, it's um, interesting to think about that in a, in a party night. Mm, yeah. Party yeah. setting. Yeah. Did you think that it was okay to program something like that at a party? Oh, why not? Force people into feeling <laughs> things. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. I guess then you can have the phoenix rising out of that. Yeah. To have the dance at the end of the Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think, yeah, I think um, like programming Maddie and, and that work was really looking at, um, yeah, the idea of like the artifice of performance and kind of what, yeah, like what, what performance is and, um, you know, this is Maddie performing something so deeply personal mm. um, and, and, you know, like whether that's 
pretend, or whether that's artificial, or whether that's like it's rehearsed. It's a rehearsed, scripted performance that she has devised mm. and created, but it's real and honest and true. And um, and I think that that was kind of really something that we were mm. teasing out through, yeah, through artifice interface. This idea of like whether whether it's a genuine performance, whether it's honest and true and and real if you've rehearsed it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think her work addressed mm. that that part of the thing mm. in the best way. But yeah, <laughs> I wish I'd seen it. It was so packed. Because yeah. we also, you know, we were like, oh, let's just like put her in the dressing room. It'll be a great space. It's an intimate work. It's great. Mm-hmm. But um, it was kind of probably at the, at the point in the evening where there were the most amount of people. Mm. Um, and then... Because it was it was the one thing in the evening that was like a performance instead of something durational or something that you just pop in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a really fixed, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Um, and so I was like, oh, there's a thing about to start, go in now, and then, you know, we'll we'll sort of continue on from there. Um, and so everybody just went in there. <laughs> so like, like 40 people. Yeah, like, in the yeah. Tangent. It's yeah, designed probably. for like six people. Yeah. 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 yeah, I tried to go in, but it was just like, it was absolutely like chockers. Yeah. It been real hot too. <laughs> real hot. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, the, the only, mm, the thing about authenticity, mm, what do I think? I think, do you come across this in performance a lot that, dancers and actors and musicians they know that shit's real even if they've rehearsed it a thousand times because it's their job to make it real every time they do it but there's a performance artist bugbear about rehearsal because then it lacks in authenticity lacks authenticity or something or and maybe i'm just projecting upon like um performance artists of generations past that if they didn't bleed then it wasn't a real show or something like that Mm. or like the dancer or the acrobat trains so they don't get injured Mm. but the performance artist takes injury as a rite of passage Mm. interesting yeah i mean i think i think there's also something to be said about like um the performance artist being focused on the process and on the internal um yeah, like on the internal revelations and on it being um, being something personal and something real for them, mm-hmm. instead of creating something real for the audience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I you know I can't speak for for Maddie and her process, um, but but I think I think often performance artists are very process centric and um, and interested in what that what that means for them, what that what developing the work is for their practice for them personally for, for the people that they affect mm. and maybe i'm just speaking for my own practice as well whatever that's all speaking for our own <laughs> that we're um, yeah that it's it's about what it does to them not what mm. what they're doing it does to the rest of the world and it's not you know because the form is so um open and um and not not necessarily not structured but that's not the truth but it's um not pinhole into specific things and there are less constructs around it like I think when 
you know, when it's a, a theatre play and there are seats and the audience claps and there is the curtain and, you know, there are all these social constructs that go along with that. Whereas in performance art, there's a lot less of that bullshit, dare yeah. I say. Um, and so it's more like, okay, cool, well, what, what do I want to explore? What, what is this? Let's see what happens there. Mm. I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs> well, also making me think about the interface being interaction mm. with another person mm. we're interfacing mm. right now. Mm. Mm. And, um, and also making me ponder on that artifice used to be quite a positive, mm. that people would um, splendor at the, the um, level of artificiality that had been achieved mm. on like building a new cathedral or something mm. Or mm. when a new city was set up in the wild the wilderness mm. and the wilderness was conquered and then you could from it civilization could build this artificial structure that mm. was like a um, a achievement so I wonder if it's purely about scale when artificiality stops being an achievement and starts being mm. something to shun mm. and at what scale that is, like how artificial a farm is and how like an orchard mm-hmm. stupidly artificial. Mm. But I really enjoy having mangoes like down here in Sydney where they're not. Right. Native. Yeah. <laughs> Seedless grapes. <laughs> <laughs> so artificial as seedless grapes, but delicious. Uh, yeah, not as God intended them, but as we intended them. Yeah. And that's weird mm, because yeah. there's um, maybe there's this thing about the curator's position working with their artists in the along the line, all of you have intentions mm-hmm. or agendas or hopes. And I wonder how you discussed each of the artist's hopes with them about what their thing was doing or how much they came to you, how much you came to them, things like that. Mm-hmm. We sort of like, because there were artist bio videos as well. Did you watch them while you were yeah. amazing? Yeah. I still haven't seen them. Do you want to send them through to me at some stage? Do you? I, <laughs> I was actually just thinking um, about Maddie's. Mm. artist video mm. I have it on my laptop mm, cool. I don't know if it would be useful to like watch a bit and Let's have it recorded it. Yeah, yeah, cool. sure. yeah I think yeah, it's in it and so what purpose was the bio videos for that was instead of a program kind of thing or in it was a way like an it, was, it was trying to without having like a panel talk or something that mm. would like break ah, up the flow of the night we yes. wanted to have the artists kind of talk about their works yeah. Was, yeah, kind of like an artist statement. So we, we sent through an email of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, five provocations of being like, who are you? What's your practice? Mm. Um, what PC bring to the event? Um, what, you know, how does it respond to artifice interface? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sort of just getting them to, to critically respond to, to what we're doing and to have a bit of a chat. So it's like a, you know, three, five minute video or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it's gone. I'm just going to look for it. Yes. <laughs> At the salon that I ran, I actually did stop the evening for a panel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it seemed to work. Yeah, it was fine. But I was warned against it. Yeah. 
I mean, I think I think we actually had the big old dance party afterwards. I feel like that. That's what works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got to pick people up. We didn't have a golden curtain. I forgot. (laughs) I mean, disappointed. But you didn't have a gold curtain, or you didn't have like a curtain. We did have a big reveal. That's true. Big reveal. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. We just like we wanted to have the (laughs) fat floor and and. Well, there's a reason there's not panel discussions at clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a flow. Um, So, yeah, it starts with Bridie and Robbie's, and then it goes into Mission Maisie's. It does go for, like, half an hour, so... We can be... I'm actually most interested in listening to Maddie's. These are upstairs on the balcony. Yeah. 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 really uh, focused on personal stories, uh, this idea of storytelling and performance. So I'm really fascinated by people's personal stories, conversations. And I believe that performance um, really offers a lot of scope for these stories to be uncovered. Um, You really can interrogate the stories and share them uh, in quite powerful ways. The important part of the performance medium for me as both audience member and performer is the immediacy of performance, the proximity of it to you. So this performance, it happens right in front of you. It happens to you and it happens for you. And I think that's really powerful. It's a really powerful way to share personal stories, to reimagine narratives and to really explore things that maybe we don't talk about very often or that maybe are considered a little bit taboo. So my work that I'm doing at the PAX Salon is called Maddie's Hamlet. I originally made this work with support from... Shopfront Theatre for Young People and Crack Theatre Festival. Um, this was part of my first foray into solo performance making. So this is my first solo work. Um, when I talk about Maddie's Hamlet, I always feel that I have to explain that Maddie's Hamlet is not actually a performance of Hamlet. Uh, Maddie's Hamlet uses the experience of the character of Hamlet as a reflection of my own lived experience. So Hamlet's uh, my favourite Shakespeare. It's a play that I've really enjoyed for a long time and Hamlet's a character that I've always been obsessed with playing. I have a background in performance as I've said and I really wanted to do that as my like big acting role, play Hamlet. Um, in university I had a Twitter hashtag, hashtag Maddie is Hamlet, where I would tweet as Hamlet, this broody prince who'd come back from university and I thought I identified with this character of Hamlet, this idea of a young adult who's never getting university, living away from home, coming back up against, you know, parents and all of these sort of things and I really felt like that was me, this broody prince. Um, so that was a while ago now. Um, I've had this little flame for Hamlet tucked away deep inside, you know, for over 10 years. Um, so then my dad died. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2016 after this really swift and unexpected illness. And somewhere in all this sort of surreal process of dealing with death and organizing funerals, this little light bulb kind of goes off in my head and this piece of Hamlet that I had not understood just clicked into place for me, you know, so I, I'd always wanted to play Hamlet so badly and then suddenly I was Hamlet. I used this, this idea of Hamlet as a character and the text of Hamlet to tell, to tell my own story of loss and mourning, but I really felt like the grief that Hamlet was experiencing was what was new to me. No one had ever talked about Hamlet's grief before and that was really powerful for me. So this idea of artifice and interface in my own work, I guess, comes up in this question of, you know, whether rehearsed performance, um, you know, whether that can ever be genuine or authentic. So I find performance really powerful because you can tell a story, you can engage with an audience, but there's also that really beautiful, that, that tension between 
a true, genuine, authentic, vulnerable story and the artifice of a rehearsed performance. I have written these lines, I have edited them, I have rehearsed this over and over again. But that doesn't mean that the story that I'm necessarily sharing is any less true, vulnerable or powerful. And I really like that, that little interplay between the tension of honesty and vulnerability, but the really polished performance. And I think that's really interesting in all live work. And I think that's why I really value live performance as a powerful medium. I really enjoy it. My name is Hannah Holder and I am not. Cool. Right on. <laughs> Sums it up. Amazing. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Can you send me the link for those also? Yeah, absolutely. So see you <laughs> I will, yeah, put it in Google Drive. She speaks so well about it. Mm. It's so lovely. Uh, maybe this segues nicely onto why bother with the efforts of because I imagine it wasn't sunshine and rainbows. Like, it'd be <laughs> conversations that were very awkward and like <laughs> negotiations that were just as good. And, like, and things that you couldn't offer that you wanted to offer mm. uh, in resources and time and space. Mm. And then, um, <coughs> yeah, why do the, why focus on these things and why bring these people into it? And why do it this way? And I think it was I think it was really nice to bring together a whole stack of interdisciplinary artists and sort of shop them together in one evening yeah. and 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 to to expose each of them to each other's medium as well. You know, and you had we had really, really diverse artists coming together and seeing each other's work. There were, you know, electro musicians seeing a performance work about death. There were um, there was a poet seeing a dance piece that was, you know, sort of artists interacting with each other's works. And then in that, audience members who came to see the electro musicians or who came to see um, the, the um, virtual reality stuff, um, who were then interacting with these other works. And so I think that there's, you know, maybe a little toe in the door of um, exploring disciplines that are not your own or disciplines that you're not interested in or art forms that you wouldn't usually interact with um, mm. because it's there and because you've paid for a ticket, so why not, you know? And, yeah, I guess an experiencing all these different types of art in one space, like someone said to me that during um, Flower Boy's performance, they were just going around and, like, viewing like the video works mm. and then the the um like uh, Henry's print works and stuff mm. like that and they said like it worked really well together to like watch this video and listen to this sound piece and mm. it all kind of came together and it was almost as if there was like a live collaboration happening that's cool between the artists mm. and yeah and to experience like you, you can't go to a club or like a pub or whatever and see a band and have like a, a poet writing stuff on the mm. wall like it's just really uncommon mm. and but you could couldn't you like, there's no logistic reason to not have that there's, yeah there's no logistic reason but I guess it's just like there were lots of logistic not, complications there are, <laughs> there you that. oh my god yeah there were <laughs> Just about space and time, or people needing um, different things, or all just the above. Light and mm. light, light, light bleeds and 
So we had um, Carla Zindler doing these huge, beautiful projections, um, sort of for a lot in a lot of the theatre space that sort of occupied two of the four walls in the theatre space, four walls, um, and but you know, and so we we programmed her to do that, and it was huge and beautiful. And then, but again, didn't think about the reality of like a projection work needs darkness to be you know visible um and so that then just influenced like a lot of other works and we programmed sort of other works in the juliet that we then couldn't have light on um or you know there was going to be like this tv up there and we were worried about like the light bleed through the projection netting and and then lighting all the other performances that were happening in the space and not wanting to compromise anybody's artwork but you know it's a space that we've got to work with you know Mm. But came out peaches, so yeah. <laughs> it all worked out in the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just, I just don't think people, like in the music scene, really care about poets or performance artists, mm, mm. and vice versa. Mm. Like it's very much like I do this thing, mm. this audience goes to this thing, and that's all they're exposed to. Mm. Um, so it was nice to like bring it all together and have people exposed to different kinds of art that they normally wouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of theatre, so <laughs> it was good to see some performances. Yeah, I really enjoyed Flower Boy, and that mm-hmm. was something that I never, never listened to. You know. Yeah. Broadened each other's horizons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it also something that you? Like you don't go to the poster chart of any of those disciplines, but if something's just the right kind of weird, mm. it, that it has more in common, mm. then it has different. Mm. I sometimes think that about, I don't know, just like people who are into modifying cars and people who are into building their own instruments mm-hmm. are doing pretty much the same thing. They're taking something they love and they're customising it. Yeah. And I feel like it comes from the same place. Mm. And, like, if you really wanted to modify, say, if you wanted to customise your car with, like, a custom horn, you wouldn't get the old Auga. You'd get, like, a Celine Dion remix or something mm. because that would be truly customising. Mm-hmm. There's, like... Um, multiple choice customization and then there's real deal like oh, I need to adjust my perspective so that I can find a way into this thing mm-hmm. and if if the whole night is curated with things that are from a discipline but are existing within that discipline as one of those things mm-hmm. where even if you come knowing how to watch theatre you're still going to have to adjust your perspective mm-hmm. or knowing how to listen or knowing how to watch projection or whatever then maybe there's a cohesiveness of the request for personal responsibility of the audience. Mm. Mm. And I think that, like, riffing off that, I think that there's something in... These are artists that Alex and I chose, mm. and there were, there were lots of artists that we sort of, you know, danced around or looked at or asked for or, you know, who were unavailable or couldn't meet the indie arts budget that we were offering, you know, um, and there were um, a lot of dream artists, there were a lot of artists that, there were a few artists that we sort of pitched to each other and we were like, oh, mm, 
not really doesn't really float my boat, you know. But so I think that there's an interesting um, there's something in the fact that these are artists that both Alex and I are interested in, and and that these artists that um, yeah that did something for us, um, and so yeah I don't know even just in the fact that like our our collaboration together is very unique. This is the first time that we've worked together, um, and so I think that the artists that we chose and the artists that were there on the evening would never have happened had it just been curated by Alex or had it just mm. been curated by me. It was a unique collaboration and the artists that were there were unique to us. Yeah. Yeah, I think had I just done my own show, mm. we would have been a lot more like music based mm. Mm. and had you done your own show, it probably would have been more performance. Everybody just like <laughs> takes off their clothes and you have to like experience the texture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's rehearsed. But it's rehearsed. <laughs> but it's also like real. <laughs> right uh, is there anything that I haven't asked that you want to talk about or something that was like when when things got stressful you you remembered and then it made it better? <laughs> like good things to remember when you're trying to put together an event or work with people or Something that I just kept thinking was like, if I let the stress like show, it's just gonna make it worse. Mm. But if I like just bring like good energy mm. and make sure that everyone's having still having a good time, mm. then it's just gonna. The, I mean, this is thinking about the bump in week, which yeah. was quite stressful in many moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just trying to just keep things positive and light and mm. get it done at the same time. Mm. <laughs> that was a big takeaway for me. We had a meeting with um, Katrina and Nola of PACT um, like the other week, just a debrief, um, and they were saying something that, that they noticed about Bumping Week Fast was that we were both really chill about everything, that there was, a, and not in a like flaky, we don't care about anything, nothing is high stakes way, but just in the way that there were naturally a thousand things that didn't go the way that we intended them to or were a lot more complicated than we imagined or um, things that were logistically impossible, you know, all these different things. But that at every um, at every stone, we were like, okay, cool, what can we do? Let's talk to our tech manager, who was incredible. Let's talk to these people. Let's negotiate that with the artist. There was very much like a, I don't know, almost calmness. Yeah. It was not calm up, up here. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was not calm in the tear. <laughs> just keeping that um, professional thing as well. Mm. I mean, I think just being like, cool, we're pulling together this evening. There are going to be things that go wrong. Mm. There's no point in getting, you know, upset about the logistical things that are going wrong. We'll just solve them, you know? Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah. Did you have a similar bumping week? Were, you, were things like difficult or stressful? No, but I, <laughs> oh. I, I only had three things. Okay. You had many things. We had many things. And um, 
being part of a breakdance crew as a teenager, it's like you actually show up not even knowing the routine and you learn oh, the side wow. stage before you go on. Okay. So I think it's just about the training. Okay. <laughs> um, but I cared very much. And at the top of my list of what I cared about was how each person that I had invited, what experience they had. Yeah, um, yeah. And that went for the artists that they each felt like what they were bringing was contributing to something that was good and was uh, integral mm. to that and that each of the audience members felt like I had invited them because I thought they would get something out of it, not just because mm. I wanted numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it was something about, I very much felt like I was having a dinner party mm. at cool. my house. And that's why I know that I can't organise a wedding because it would be way stressful <laughs> to like want everybody there to have exactly the experience, like the best, the best possible experience. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess at some point handing that over and knowing that if you, that you can't actually, the th- all the things that you're lining up, then you just have to hope for the best, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have to hope that this person that doesn't know this person, that they bump into each other on mm. the dance floor that you've set up, mm. and then they have a great conversation about a band that they did both didn't realise that each other knew and loved. Yeah, yeah. And, and then later down the track, they're making paintings or video art together or something. Yeah. Like, I hope that has happened. Yeah. And I might never know. Yeah. We definitely felt like, um, well, yeah, we were talking afterwards that we felt like we were the hosts of some sort of rad art party that we were just yeah, like yeah. floating around. We're like, oh, hi, hi, hello. <laughs> and then like moving on. But it was very much like, because we were also, you know, like, because there's so many live performances that are happening at various times. So we were doing like stage, stage managing. managing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but, but interspersing that through like drinks and chats and, you know, like it was, it was chill, it was fun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. And anything else? Any quotes? Any epiphanies? To... I think I learned a lot. Like I definitely learned a lot about um, just about the realities of of the indie theatre world. Hilariously enough, and and creating an event when there just isn't funding. You know, um, like not to make this like super political, but like no, but it's like how do you how do you how do you hold the line and say that you're mm. not going to let trickle down the lack of funding? But then how do you also show the people that you want to be involved based on their um, merit of their work? Mm. How do you show them that you appreciate and respect mm. and this is all you've got to offer them? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the only way I did that was just to split everyone's fee evenly. Mm, right. So that if everyone got nothing, we got the same amount of nothing. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that always works, but luckily it worked this time around. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think you approached that really well, Bonnie, with the emails. Like, just like right at the start was just mm-hmm. like, kind of like describing the event, what, what our aim was with it, why you liked people's work. Mm-hmm and what you had to offer in terms of money and it didn't always work out we got a really funny reply it was like um you need at least 10 times what you're offering to afford us and we're like okay (laughs) it's true i think it's um it's a sign of respect to uh, be 
transparent about what mm. you have to offer mm-hmm. in your initial approach. Yeah. And why isn't that always part of the first discussion? Yeah. yeah. I don't. And to acknowledge that we would love to be able to pay more, like that, to acknowledge that we're offering a small amount and that that's not, that's not the right amount it's not for us to be offering. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, and I took it a step further and made sure that everybody knew what everybody was getting. Yeah, yeah. Because then there's not like a, there's not the worry, I think, or the grading or the hierarchy or whatever it is. And to make sure they know what you're getting as well. Because you're like this middleman between Mm. an organisation and um, someone who's like, Maybe that's it, guys. Maybe yeah, cool. Okay, too easy. Thank you very much. <laughs>